Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is March 25th, 2017. And I'm Rachel Spasia. This is the 18th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Um, Rachel, welcome back. Another episode. I'm taking Here. over. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah. We're, this is my place now. I'm, I'm quite okay with it. It's just soon. It's just going to be me. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're doing weekly uh, recordings here. On uh, still on twitch.tv slash sass underscore factory. Thank mm-hmm. you for hosting us there. No, of course. Uh, trying to do Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern now. And I think uh, from now on they're going to be followed with me doing some gaming as well. Yeah, so. that'd be great. Uh, certainly. I mean, so we're trying to establish a, a weekly time that, you know, people from the East Coast of America, the West Coast of America, in Europe and England and whatnot, uh, so that they can all participate at a reasonable time, can expect to tune in at just about the same time. Mm-hmm. But if you're new to the show, not only do we do these, but we also generally have a episode during the week when game news happens to try to stay current and have people kind of give them a place to talk about games in a, a up-to-date fashion that's it's conversational and, right. and current. Uh, we have another guest this week. Please welcome Jeremy Baker to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. It's been a while since we've chatted, and that's it's been far too long. But uh, if you know Jeremy, uh, he goes by Game Buddy. Uh, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, for those that don't know or those that need a refresher. Well, I've been longtime friends with you guys. Used to hang out on uh, previous channels and shows all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've also uh, been involved in a lot of uh, voiceover projects online. I still work with the Sonic Paradox guys. And uh, you can hear me uh, most recently in uh, Read Only Memories, which you can get on uh, the PS4 now. That is a good game. I remember playing a bit of that when I went to a PAX it's, East uh, in 2016. It's super cute. It is, and I can't wait to play some more of it, actually. It's mm-hmm. going to be really good. Now, for those yep. that you know, say that you're in that game, which role do you play? I actually play Sylvan, who's one of uh, several characters who... Uh, I guess I wouldn't. You wouldn't really call it a mini game, but uh, at one of the dateable characters oh. at a certain point. Oh, so we can romance and, uh, you. Oh yes, and, uh, <laughs> it, it was it was really fun, and I I'm really attached to that whole that whole game and its aesthetic. It's a super cool, fun project. So some of the questions I wanted to ask you, I guess it does start with your work with Sonic Paradox. I mean, I would consider you as the internet's Sonic and Doctor Eggman. I mean, that's you know no slight <laughs> against the uh, the current voiceovers who you know, work on Sonic Boom and the other Sonic the Hedgehog related projects. Uh, but, you know, f- whether it's on Newgrounds or, or things like that, I mean, that's probably where people know your voice from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that at this point people, like, to just enjoy my performance. Because, I mean, there's there's so many so many people that also do Sonic voices and Sonic stuff. And anybody who says, oh, yeah, I remember you from that stuff. Or, oh, I, I like your Sonic and Eggman a lot. That's just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's still very much a fun thing to do, especially if I'm uh, performing things that uh, my good friends and collaborators have written for me. Mm-hmm. Now, what's it like to, you know, 
be in voiceover in the games industry? I mean, you know, for the projects that you have had, um, you know, it's what is what have those experiences been like? Mine has been interesting because uh, it's it's non traditional as far as I'm still like very local to where I am, and all of my projects have been online. But a lot of stuff uh, just comes from um, applying to auditions uh, that are posted um, and having a, uh, you know, having a, my own setup that uh, can produce like uh, professional quality recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, but but a lot of that stuff is just putting your nose to the grindstone and practicing and auditioning and improving your craft. Um, and uh, some stuff is has literally been just like, hey, so and so that you worked before, um, you know, told me you had a good voice. Will you read these slides for me? And um, I've been really blessed to like get to know people who have uh, connections and and been able to do like quite a few professional projects. Mm-hmm. I'm very much envious. Don't, I mean, I wouldn't mind putting myself out in those kind of roles, but there's only so much you can do when you're used to having one accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's um, so many, so many different actors say this, and they're 100 percent right. But voice acting is probably 10 percent voices and 90 percent acting. Mm. So once you get that down, like people ask, "Oh, well, you know, I can do a funny voice or whatever." And again, I'm not saying anything that literally every actor who's ever <laughs> been asked that question has is, um, well, it's it's the acting part that's gonna that's gonna get you far. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter like what kind of voice you have, but if you can act, uh, you're you're gonna find parts that where you fit, definitely. Ooh, that's really good advice. I think that's a super important part of it. Is Ooh. don't don't feel like because. Oh, you know, you don't have an, a neutral accent or, you know, even if you have a, uh, you know, a slight like speech impediment, like if you can act, uh, that, that voice is going to fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You definitely hear that a lot on uh, Rob Paulson's Talking Tunes. If you're a you know, oh, podcast yeah. listener and you're interested to learn more about voiceover and what that's life is like, you know, definitely mm-hmm. check out that show. Yeah, no, I'm going to uh, Midwest Media Expo next month and I should get a chance to meet Rob, which would be pretty yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. That, that would yeah. Be I still have. I still have the autograph that uh, Luke gave me hanging on my wall from Rob Paulson. Yeah. Uh, but we are a gaming podcast at the end of the day, and so I'm curious to know, what games have you been playing recently, Jeremy? Oh, goodness. You've probably heard this a lot. Uh, I've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Never heard of lot. it. <laughs> um, what is a that lot. <laughs> I think last I bothered to look at the little info, it was over 125 hours. Nice. Wow. Um. God almighty. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that for sure. Uh, that game is is amazing. Um, but I've also uh, been playing, I uh, just uh, started Shovel Knight again on, oh. uh, on the Switch. Because I, despite being a Kickstarter backer, I have not played through the extra campaigns. So mm-hmm. I thought oh. um, uh, trying it out on the Switch would be a great way to jump into that. Mm-hmm. And um, I've also been playing uh, a lot of A Night in the Woods I've heard um, good things about that. What, what is that one it's, about? It's kind of hard to peg down. Um, if I had to make a comparison, I'd say it, it does um, environmental storytelling a lot like uh, Undertale did or oh. some like classic point-and-click games. But it has some very light uh, like platforming elements. Like That's how you get around this town. But mm. the, uh, the basic gist of the story is you play May... Uh, this uh, little cat person, because that's that's also it's uh, the, all of the characters are like anthro animals, except it's like a 
a Goofy and Pluto situation because they're <laughs> like non-anthro animals running around. Right. But she, uh, May drops out of college. She comes back to this, um, it's kind of like a middle, middle America, people call it a Rust Belt town. You know, a very small town that's kind of uh, become like dirt poor in the age of modernization but she comes back and uh reunites with her friends and just kind of realizes that you know she's 20 she's dropped out of college she doesn't have a job and uh things feel different and um there's there's a little bit of like supernatural aspect to it but it's uh it's one of the few even pieces of media that i think nails that kind of coming of age in your your 20s even early 30s where it's like you feel like stuck in your adolescence and especially if you grew up in like such a poor town like this like stuck in this dead town like can't afford to go to school can't afford to move away and it's it's some really great storytelling some of the uh definitely some of the best dialogue i think i've ever like experienced in a game That's awesome. I hear it really resonating with a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, like I've actually, uh, this is the third uh, playthrough of it, because there is there is slightly different dialogue and, and story bits, but I've uh, actually been replaying it with my uh, little sister, who uh, likes likes the dialogue and the characters a lot. But yeah, that one's really good. I would yeah. definitely encourage just about anybody to, to try that one out. I actually would like to give that a go. I was a massive fan of, you know, Undertale when that came out. If it has any kind of similarity to that, I'm probably going to like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, if I, if I could compare, like, this new age of independent games that aren't afraid to, like, tell a story within the gameplay and, uh, and pull it off really well. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, as far as Zelda, what is your progress looking like? How how far so are you I, and all that? I have seen credits once mm-hmm. um, because I I got to a point where it's like okay, I can either grind to build up all of my gear or go for those Korok seeds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I thought, well, okay, I want to see how how the ending plays out, and I actually really like how. I mean, it's not really a spoiler to say after you see credits roll, you see that DN screen, it lets you load up the last save before you enter that point of no return, and mm-hmm. it gives you a nice little star saying that you've beaten the game at yeah. least once. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I've I've seen credits. Um, I've done all the, the shrines and the, the side, uh, side quests and uh, all wow. that stuff. And I still feel like there's there's stuff to do. Like I wanna I wanna max out all my equipment just because. And uh, now I'm I'm just waiting to see what that uh, that DLC they have uh, coming uh, spring. Uh, I am ashamed like. of myself. That'll be that'll be really exciting to see what the DLC is like. Oh man, I am so ashamed of myself for how little I've got achieved in this game. Oh. It's, just, it's just more progress. Yeah. It, it really is, but it's it's one of those games that you can boot up and like do a little thing like, oh, I came across a boss out in the field and beat it, and like you still accomplish that. Like you got looped from that, and you can put the game down and feel like you did something. I've only beaten of... one boss in the wild. <laughs> God, and they're they're everywhere, and they repopulate. It's, they do. It's, that's probably that's probably one of my favorite things. Oh is, boy. It, those bosses are not a a one-time thing no i managed to what was the big rock guy called? Uh, stone talus stone talus yeah. i managed to yeah. kill a stone talus and that was my only thing on my four hearts and that's it 
Nice. Did I even have the, four? Or did I have three? No, I had three. The, the first time you you stumble across and see that uh, and see that health bar pop up is amazing. Like uh, that's some that's some Dark Soul shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except, except just in the world. <laughs> oh my god, I love. I okay, I love how similar some of the stuff is to Dark Souls. To be fair. Um, including some of the difficulty of it, which, you know, we'll go to in a sec. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I I about shit myself when <laughs> that first stone talus came up. I'm not going to lie. I was just walking, walking along and doing my thing. And then suddenly rocks were starting to move. And I was like, the fuck is this? Yep. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just noped out of that one. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yep. I, I I made the loud noises. In fact, the first time I saw one of the dragons, I think yeah. they were. They looked a bit like a oh, Hobagia. Yeah. Uh, first time I saw one of those, I was streaming at the time, and I think everyone in the house could hear my surprise when that popped up. <laughs> oh boy, that yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, was... And during a blood moon, too. Oh, God. So it was even more creepy. Oh, the blood moon. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to when, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we can schedule a, uh, a spoiler cast for Breath of the Wild, because we're, we're coming oh, up on, on that time. It's, I... It needs to be done. People mm-hmm. want to talk about this game for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to talk about, surprisingly, especially with, um, you know, the first one that has, like, more than two lines of dialogue voiced. Right? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love the dialogue, actually, in this game. Again, without going into too many spoilers, because I think people should experience it, I'm actually pretty pretty happy with the localization as uh, on the whole. Like, um, I, I've seen people just argue some of the voices are flat, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick on that. But I really enjoy the localized dialogue. Like, um, I was afraid Nintendo would make it kind of. Um, maybe a little dry just because they wanted to play it safe and instead it actually reminds me a lot of uh the translation of uh fire emblem awakening where Mm, they had like an understanding of here's all of these characters here's this situation and we need to make it resonate with an audience who you know does not have any knowledge of Japanese or whatever. Mm. It's I really like it as an adaption. I think they they nail the tone of a lot of things uh, really well. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. It's it makes me think of uh, I'm currently playing Mass Effect Andromeda, and uh. <laughs> the uh, the script has its problems at points. Uh, some of the conversations and uh, on on the on the whole, I think they're mostly good. But you get these occasional scenes where. It's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, yeah. definitely some questionable decisions in there. <laughs> I've seen some of those, and I almost think it's worse when when you have a writer. And for, for games, I'm sure it's so weird, especially a game that big. You probably have multiple people writing oh, yeah. scenarios mm-hmm. and then dialogue. And I think it's almost worse when you have a weird, like, out-of-place line that you just think was that some like uh, producer that came in there and said yo p- put this phrase in the kids are saying that all the time <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get one of the Asari to come up and say yo Ryder it's lit fam <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that'd be oh, silly boy. And it doesn't help that when it's, it's male Ryder I, I almost get the feeling that they wanted to hire Nolan North but then they just didn't have the budget to <laughs> <laughs> because man, it's so many times it's like, oh hi Nathan Drake. Like, <laughs> it's it's a little eerie. 
funny. I, I, we were just informed as well that apparently Male Rider was voiced by Octodad. Yes, he was. Wow. <laughs> I would kind of want to see Male Rider, like, I, rolling on the floor and going... Bloop, 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 bloop. No, I just well, want Octodad's dialogue in there. From, from what I've seen from some of the walking animations in Andromeda, <laughs> it's too far off. Yeah, uh, that's more like oh, a, a gorilla kind of making its way downtown. <laughs> oh boy! So oh. let's talk about uh, playing games on easier difficulties. That's kind of our main topic of the show here. Um, it's I think it's something that changes perhaps as you get older. But uh, and, you know, a lot of people when you talk about like, oh, I'm going to play this game on easy or uh, on the easiest difficulty. I think there's a stigma uh, when it's attached to that. Now, Jeremy, where's where do you kind of lie on this this spectrum here? I think it's become more legitimized because games are so uh, different. Like you said, when you're older, I remember as a as a kid, it was kind of like the thing I wouldn't tell anybody. Like, oh yeah, I beat that game, uh, you know, on the easiest. Now I think I'm more inclined to look up. Uh, what the differences are in uh, different difficulties because mm. some, uh, speaking of Nolan North, uh, Naughty Dog I think has some of the uh, uh, the best difficulty scaling, at mm. least from what I played in The uh, the Last of Us. Yeah. I think that's one of the only games where I completed it at least once on um, every difficulty, including Grounded, just because oh, it was God. so um, yeah <laughs> just <laughs> because so it was hard. so uh, it was so well balanced in um, the game actually expected you to think differently. A lot of difficulties are just, okay, we doubled enemy health and there's twice as many. And mm-hmm. that's usually not fun for me. Like uh, a lot of first person shooters do that. I remember the last time uh, I changed the difficulty mid playthrough was um, the new uh, Wolfenstein, the new order. Yeah. I played through um, all the way. Uh, I think it was normal, or their equivalent of normal. Didn't uh, didn't have too much trouble. I really liked that challenge. And then I got to the last boss, and it just felt cheap as hell. Mm. Like, okay, this is not fun. I'm dying in two hits, and so I just I put it on the easiest difficulty and beat it there. And and didn't really feel like um, I done myself a disservice. I just think the balancing failed right there. But I think playing games on easy especially if you don't have a lot of time uh if you're if you just want to experience it or if it's something where um some game recently had a puzzle setting to where oh you could set the difficulty of the puzzles versus the combat mm, that and, sounds like um, a danganronpa thing yeah 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 i think that was it and if yeah especially something like um danganronpa which is a you know uh in the bare bones like a visual novel if you're just wanting to experience the content you know and are not interested in stuff like that just turn that off um i I never think more options are a bad thing i guess about the only only weird feelings i have uh is i've seen this come up talking about the dark Souls series Mm -hmm. and i don't think even as somebody like i don't consider myself very good at video games even if i like accomplish things in them but i don't think dark souls would benefit from an easy mode oh hell no definitely not the dark souls games are more uh different than they are difficult they're so not anything you've ever played before unless you're familiar with them that Mm -hmm. it's not that they're super hard it's that they require you to 
think about things so much more than you usually would in like in an action adventure game. Yes. Uh, as much as a lot of people use it to be assholes, the uh, the get good mentality of Dark Souls <laughs> is actually, I think, is legitimate advice. Is it Dark is. Souls were it, it wants you to throw yourself up at it over and over until you are learning something and getting good from it. Um, so yeah, I think I think some games like that that are carefully balanced in its difficulty with different stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that would uh, Dark Souls or, or stuff like that would would benefit from an easy mode unless something is like super broken. Mm. But uh, no, I I like difficulty modes. Like I I don't think there's anything wrong with beating something on easy if that's the only way you can do it. Like. Not not everybody is is gonna have that same level of skill, um, uh, and you know to get a little uh, real about it, like not everybody is going to have the physical capability. Mm, like if, true. They, if, exactly. you, if you have like a uh, a physical uh, disability or, or something like that, yeah, like cerebral like palsy or something, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that might be the only way they can experience it at all. Mm. Also, that's not the only thing that comes into it either, because if you think about it, you know, us people, we're not exactly getting any younger. <laughs> And we have adult responsibilities now. We have to go to work, and we have to support ourselves, and we have to, if you're weird like me, go work out in the mornings. <laughs> so I probably get around about a spare two, maybe two and a half hours a day during weekdays to do whatever I want, and I spend most of that time getting ready for the next day. <laughs> so it's kind of like I find hardly any time now to play video games, which is a pain in the butt, so... If I am going to play something on a harder difficulty, it's going to take me longer, and it's going to take me a lot longer to get through the whole experience. So I might put it down just to, you know, get to experience it more um, within, you know, my short space of personal time available. Yeah, it's it's all about budgeting that time, especially as an adult. And, you know, if you're passionate about games, it's, it's really, I think it's based on what you want to get out of games. Uh, if you prefer... Something like the story versus if the challenge is really appealing to you, um, you know. So that may—that's just a personal choice. It's a personal basis. Uh, and when it comes to finding the time for that, you know, I'm—I'm I'm at a point where I'm playing games on easier difficulties now, mostly because I don't want to hit those sticking points. I want to get the feel of the combat, certainly, but I don't want to get bogged down in the frustration and the dying and over and over and over. Like the challenge isn't rewarding to me especially when i want to try playing different games and yeah if i had time as a teenager just to to sit and you know play the crap out of one game because you know also money plays a a part into it like how many games you can afford if you're you know your parents are just giving you one game for the next couple months and you're gonna devote time to that then yeah you're gonna play maybe even all the difficulties uh yeah there's only one game i really would not do that on and that would be halo hmm Halo, I always like to try and experience that on at least Heroic. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. I have not yet played through 5. I'm terrible, but all the other ones I've played through and done on Legendary. Yeah. 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 I, remember, I, uh, I remember friends of mine co-oping Legendary mode and just talking about <laughs> how it's such a, like, it's almost like a cinematic experience because mm. you're you're overcoming the <laughs> this uh, rebalanced... Uh, challenge together. Yeah, try doing Halo Three, the last uh, the last mission with four people, and you're trying to oh, all yeah. escape the blowing up Halo ring <laughs> at the same time. People are falling down, and you have Iron Skull on at the same time. Um, that makes for a very long but funny journey. Mm. Oh boy! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for Mass Effect Andromeda, bring that back as an example. I mean, playing that on an easier difficulty right now, I don't want to get bogged down. 
by the combat. It's actually nice to, I think the exploration and the, the fluidity of the movement is what's probably the most rewarding in that game. You're not, you know, down corridors, you're not sticking to cover like a Unreal Engine third person shooter from last generation. Uh, but you have the fluidity of the movement in the world, but you're also, you know, not being just, you know, throwing bullets after bullet after bullet and powers after these enemies. Like, you're cutting through them pretty cleanly, but it means you're keeping keeping moving. You know, the time is at a premium. Is that how bullets work? You throw them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to throw some bullets at you? I'm, my gun's just for show. I'm sorry. My gun doesn't work. i got to throw these. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's some kind of, like... <laughs> future space telekinesis that does oh, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> biotics. Bi- biotics and yeah. tech right yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it is really interesting uh, you know, dichotomy. I mean some people could even even our, our Discord chat someone threw out is just like, oh today Weenie Hut Juniors and it's like <laughs> Well, you know, it, it depends yeah. on depends on you know the the spare time that you have and what you get out of games. I think there can be some playful ribbing of, especially if you're you're complaining about the difficulty because you don't understand like a game mechanic. And like, I'm not above you know poking fun at that, but oh, I absolutely hate it when people treat it like seriously, like a. Mm. It's, you know, just a dick measuring contest of, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, well I, you know, beat this in X amount of time with no health and blah, blah, blah. Like, do that if that stuff is fun, but like, nobody gives a shit um, <laughs> if you're just doing it to be like a douche. Right, mm-hmm. right. And as far as something like trophies are concerned, I, I like seeing the trend that it seems like more games recently have just given like an achievement or trophy for just beating the game on any difficulty. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if you want to say, you know, on the hardest or one of the harder difficulties, a separate one for that, sure, fine. But uh, there used to be times when games were just like, on normal difficulty, on easy difficulty, on yeah. hard difficulty. And it's like, well, yeah, you're you're showing that. I mean, just show that I've beaten the game. Like, that's fine. And then yeah. if you want to take that extra challenge, and that's, you know, if you find a game that resonates with you, uh, you talked about this last time, uh, Rachel, with Mass Effect. Like, if you want to play on a you know another playthrough, there's where you can step up the difficulty if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I like you bit. know with sorry, like with Halo. Um, again, going back to that very quickly, if you beat it on a higher difficulty, it would also unlock your achievements for the lower difficulties if if you hadn't played them on those yeah. difficulties. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Man, that would be another great subject for probably a whole show. Is I love good achievement and trophy design that yeah. like pushes you to play the game in like a completely different way that you you wouldn't even think of. Yeah, I I love doing that. If, if I look at the the trophy list and it all seems like reasonably achievable, I will I will dedicate time to a hundred percenting those uh, just because they do that. Like, oh, I never would have thought to you know. Uh, complete that goal in a normal playthrough, and that mm. that adds so much fun to me uh, with with certain games. Yeah, mm. seeing that a lot with uh, I think Horizon Zero Dawn, a lot of people are are getting the platinum trophy there on uh, PS4 because it's it seems like it's not only an easy platinum per se, uh, but a rewarding one. A lot of people yeah. are are really enjoying that trophy list, and yeah, that's that's a good example there. I'm missing out on a lot of games, aren't I? Uh, you know, a lot of us are. I think once Persona Five hits, I'm gonna I'm gonna be swamped. I'm missing out on games to get sweet gains. <laughs> there you yep. 
Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's, your, there's your different type of get good. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a happy conundrum to have so many good games out there that you, you have an embarrassment of choices. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a very good start to 2017, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just going to, yeah. one, I've lost both the boys in my house to Mass Effect, which is, you know what, they're having fun, it's fine. And now I'm going to lose my husband to Persona 5 when that comes out, which is mm. when? April 4th. Oh boy. Oof. Also, when uh, uh, Use Your Words from Brental Floss has also just got the release date announced that today. Is true. So that, that's on that day. Parappa Rappa HD is also on April 4th. Ukulele is on April 11th. Yeah, it's, Ukulele uh, I want to play. However, I don't know if it's worth getting the re release of Parappa Rappa since it's the same bloody game. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love uh, the game. I love it. But I may as well just buy the old version. I hope that's at least a good port as far as I play the demo and the button seemed a little off. I, cause I've always liked Parappa the character. I've never, mm. I've never been able to play the games. I no. really, really wish they would put out uh, Um Jammer Lammy. I, I love loved Lammy. Um Jammer Lammy. Oh my God, someone else has played Um Jammer Lammy. There you go. Oh I, my God. I've experienced, I've experienced a lot of the music and I actually just listened to a, a retrospective of on the, uh, the Retronauts uh, podcast. Mm. It was a really great podcast where they talked about the whole series. And I realized that I've heard probably 90% of the Lammy soundtrack like out of context. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, wow, this is a really good song. And then find out it's all in this game and it has such great characters and uh, designs. Yeah. I love those games. I, I I would really like the opportunity to play them like on modern hardware. Yeah, so would I. You know, even if it is like a bare bone uh, upscale release, as long as it works, I'd like more people to have access to those games. Maybe you'll get a kick out of it then that when Rachel introduced me to Um Jammer Lammy, it was with the <laughs> the baby song, the ma 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 ma. I love that one. Uh, Those yeah. are so good. Yeah, I yeah I tortured him, and then it got stuck in his head, and he was sobering it up from time to time. Yeah, like I, like I did just now. Oh, oh man, that one is so good. Yeah, go everybody, go look up at least the soundtrack for Um yes. Lammy. Yes, Um Jamalami is oh, it was fantastic. I want to play that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's what we have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? We'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic that you'd like to discuss. And don't forget, you can also reply to another caller had to say too. That's all we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Now, Jeremy, you were mentioning during the break, uh, the Splatoon 2 test fire is active this week, yeah. and you played a little bit of it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you played Splatoon on the Wii U, it's definitely feels uh, similar, but um, just at a cursory glance, uh, there are a lot of differences. Um, it seems like characters handle a little differently, but... Um, to be a little more shallow, it's very pretty, and I love all the new cute hairstyles you can give your inkling. <laughs> <laughs> That's always important. I never played Splatoon. Yeah, it's... I probably should give it a go at some point. Yeah, it's it, it's one, definitely one try. of those things, almost like Breath of the Wild, like I think Splatoon was a preview of things you would never expect Nintendo to be able to do correctly. Mm. A, a third person, like almost Call of Duty uh, team-based shooter. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Right, but let's get to the callers here. We got a couple of people ready to talk to you about Nintendo and and also games on easy mode. So looking forward to that here. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Glad to be back. Yeah, what do you have on your mind? What would you like to talk about today? I like to talk about Zelda, Zelda, and more Zelda. And, All right. And games right. I've been playing on the Switch. Okay, I like the uh, I like the diversity of subject matter here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like the last like three four podcasts that you did, I I couldn't be on because I was doing something else. Mm-hmm. So by playing Zelda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing Zelda. No, actually, I was uh, going to my local uh, gaming tournament place and playing uh, Pokemon. So yeah. what is what is it about Zelda that you've been enjoying? I've been enjoying the exploration and the discovery of uh, places that you've never been and you would like to go to and it, you can go to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you can see it's, it, you can go there. <laughs> yeah, except where you can't go there and it blocks you off uh, from the edge of the map. But oh. yeah. I definitely hit that point, I think, is in the southwest corner of the map, like the, the Gerudo Mountains kind of yeah. area. I definitely hit that point where it's like, you can't go any farther. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like that, huh? It's like, why can't it just loop back around on each other? But yeah, I don't know. Because the earth is flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, because... Hyrule is flat because, uh, because it's only one uh, state in a bigger world and you can't explore that world. Right, but, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was comparing the size of the world of Hyrule in this game to the size of Hyrule in Ocarina of Time recently. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just not like, even close. Almost no comparison. No, there is none. <laughs> Yeah, man, there's there's so much good stuff to, to Zelda. I mean, how far, like, what kind of time have you put into it, and where are you with the, the game? I've put in uh, 145 hours. Wow. Oh, my God. I, I, I've beaten the game, too, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I put in a lot of time. <laughs> there's a lot of content in that game. Yeah. There's, there's and I, I haven't even completed all the side quests, either. Not like Jomi has. So yeah, and I still feel like I'm not done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When when I beat the game, I'm like, oh, I can move on to the next game. No, I I want to keep exploring that game. Yeah. <laughs> but I I have played some other games on the Switch. Okay. I've played uh, Blaster Master Zero, which is really fun. If you haven't played the Blaster Master games, they're like Metroid. Yeah. yeah. Like. Super Metroid, so... Okay. Yeah. I've been hearing yes. good things about Blaster Master Zero. It's getting some good reviews. Yeah. Um, yeah you also have, you know, Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove, uh, you know, Spectre yeah. Knight has been getting a lot of good reviews as I, well. I, I haven't picked up Shovel Knight just because I uh, picked up on my Wii U, and I don't usually double dip on games. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. How many yeah. versions of Binding of Isaac do I currently own? Uh, quite a lot. And then we also have quite a few versions of Danganronpa as well. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. We tried Snipper Clips and really liked yeah, that. That uh, was some good fun. It was all right. Yeah, I, I, I picked up Snipper Clips and I also picked up I Am Satsuna because mm. I don't have a PlayStation 4 
own Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that one's that one's on my list to try. That one looks like a lot of fun. It, yeah, a lot of Chrono Trigger influences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I also picked up a uh, Voy. What the V O E Z? Voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was originally but, a, like a Japanese rhythm game, but yeah. yeah, that was one of the ones that was around the controversy where it's only was, playable on the Switch. It doesn't have the TV mode, and so people were freaking out. They're like, "Oh, Switch is only gonna they're gonna get these bad tablet ports," and it's like, "Well, not necessarily." But yeah, Maybe. not necessarily. And it plays uh, good on the Switch. Like I probably mostly use it uh, like to work out. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but when I'm when I'm running on the treadmill, I can uh, put it in tablet mode and uh, just tap the screen, and that's that's. Oh, that's a good uh, idea, actually. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that's actually that was one of my favorite things to do was to to prop either my phone or something up on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great great idea. Mm. What else? Oh, I've been playing uh, Splatoon uh, two, Global mm-hmm. Test nice. Fire. Yeah, I feel like. The colors are more vibrant than Splatoon One. Mm. I, I'm I'm really liking to see the different articles on different game websites where they're saying it's like, you know, I, I had my reservations at first with Switch when we were reviewing it, but now it's like, I want to play Mass Effect Andromeda on Switch. I want to play Persona yeah. Five on Switch. I play it's Skyrim just, on Switch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I want to take I it everywhere and play everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just saw just saw a I think it was Nick Robinson on Twitter said uh, you know sure wish I could play more Mass Effect on my airplane but it's not on the Switch. So I think Nintendo's got a good thing going, and you're seeing a lot of the uh, you know the stocks are continuing uh, in stores to say like oh they're coming out on this day and they're gone quickly. I mean mm-hmm. Amazon Prime had one up for for Prime members and. Within 25, 30 minutes, they were gone. Uh, so it's, it's like the NES Classic all over again. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing I don't like about Nintendo. I hate how Nintendo do the supply and demand shit. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because they know yeah. how many people are going to want their stuff. And yet they're just like, they're giving us like the tiniest little stream of piss. Yeah. I bet they're playing it safe. I just hope it doesn't come back to bite them as far as like you know, expecting, oh, all of your, the ones they first, uh, you know, pre-ordered sold, well, that was because you only put out two million, and then they're, you know, expecting to do renumbers, and it might not be there. They don't want, you know, people to lose interest because of a little stock, but they don't want to, you know, inundate it, and then you have the oversupply. Yeah. So right. it's, it's, but for example, it's, like, um, Jim Sterling from the Jimquisition talked about, like, going down to his local Target um, you know, store to pick up like a NES Classic or something like that, and apparently they only had delivered like a handful, like literally oh. a handful of yeah. NES Classics, um, and they have just been the hardest thing to fucking get a hold of. Well, yeah, I mean the NES Classic, I, I can see the the comparison similarities, but it, you know, it's it's a boutique item, and it was for the holiday season, and they wanted to be that one it toy. Yeah. But this is their this is their you know franchise and their hardware moving forward yeah. like so I, it's i can see the the manufactured uh you know scarcity and we saw that with we right I, I don't think they expected we to take off as as much as it did um but it's it's important to continue that stock and it's it's good to see it continue to sell it shows that there at least is still some demand there yeah yeah especially when you talk about the whole balance of 
you know the game developers want the established audience on the platform before they bring the uh, things. Oh, that may, reminds me yeah. I, with the uh, the Capcom story uh, of how they talked before uh, the Switch. Apparently, Switch is going to have like two gigabytes of RAM at the uh, yeah. before its launch. But then they talked to Capcom and they're like, "No, we we want four. And they're like, "Oh." <laughs> Please. Yeah, four is <laughs> yeah. probably a good idea, and it's like yeah. thank goodness they did because then there's talk of you know wanting to Two? move the uh, the RE engine in a lower you know resolution yeah. over to then that that would be yeah. good for future games. But oh man, yeah, if yeah if you launch Nintendo Switch with two gigs of RAM, like it's dead on arrival. But at least yes. yeah, four four gives it some life. At least, yeah, it, yeah, at least it can be somewhat competitive because I mean I I'm not expecting it to be like a dominant third-party platform but what i would much rather see and i've seen a lot of people talking about this i would much rather it be the playstation vita except with support right as far as like how many great like smaller really well-designed experiences appeared on that console um it's just you know everybody but sony was making games for the vita eventually (laughs) yeah so mid boss get on a 2064 To get back to the main topic, uh, easy difficulty and whatnot, <laughs> I have a disability. My uh, whole right side of uh, my body is paralyzed and doesn't work uh, correctly. So mm-hmm. I only have one hand to work with. So whenever uh, you have like an easy mode or you, you can have a controller that uh, works with my hand, like the Pro Controller or... Mm-hmm something like that uh that always helps for me dude dude, that's amazing that you can put in that much time with zelda for the the complexity of the control like that's that's amazing seriously it's over like two three weeks so (laughs) well well, still i mean but that's that's remarkable and kudos to you i mean that's and i've been seeing different stories of you know how game developers naughty dog was an example they came out with a video around uncharted 4 which just you know it it takes knowledge of of these different uh disabilities to make game developers aware and you know what they can do whether it's you know color blindness or Mm. um you know remapping buttons like should be an option for every game just you know to make certain things more accessible than others um and I i think the game industry is getting better as a whole uh, with that, but there's there's still a ways to go. But man, like kudos yeah. to you, like that's that's amazing that you know you still maintain gaming as your passion. Yeah, that's that. really commendable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one thing I didn't like about the Wii U is its huge controller and how it's the main controller and you can't uh, get past that. Yeah, right. no. yeah, it's it's a it's a large tablet. <laughs> that yeah, it's a pretty to, big thing. And only yeah. certain games, you know, have the the pro controller functionality. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's why I couldn't get really into like Zombie U or mm-hmm. uh, uh, other games that um, basically only use the tablet for the uh, base functionality. So that's I think the main reason why the Wii U failed. Maybe one of them, yeah. It it was constrained to that uh, tablet. And if they would have come out with a more form fitting tablet uh, type device, like maybe like a fold in thing like the Game Boy 
advanced SP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that. Maybe it would have done better, but they never did that. So it seems like one of those situations where, like, okay, you're designing this thing. Did you ever bother to have someone who, you know, has problem holding things for long periods of time touch it? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting to see, like, how basic that stuff is. Like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, we put this feature in here because not everyone might be able to play it the same way. And also to see the, you know, companies that just straight up never think that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's all simple ergonomics. Well, Video Game Guru 64, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet by searching Video Game Guru 64 pretty much everywhere. Well, man, thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate the time. You have a good night, all right? Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks. And joining us from Colorado, Zero Ranma. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Yep. Good to be back. Good to be back indeed. Hello. What would you like to talk about today? All right. So you brought up easy mode and how, well, we as gamers really don't have the time, so we play easy mode. Mm-hmm. Easy mode is not a bad thing. The one condition of where an easy mode is a really bad thing, in my opinion, is Fire Emblem Fates. <laughs> Do you remember Phoenix Mode? I, I am aware <laughs> of Phoenix Mode. Uh, that uh, almost did kind of defeat the entire point. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, for something like, yeah. for Conquest, though, like that got to be really difficult from what I hear. And uh, Yeah, Conquest was basically balanced around casual mode. And, yeah, Phoenix Mode, that's if you really lack the patience to just enjoy the game. You I guess wanna... for those that, you know, don't remember, what, what is Phoenix Mode? How would you describe Phoenix it? Phoenix Mode is the moment any unit of yours dies, the very next turn they'll come back to life. Huh. And in Fire Emblem, there's also Casual Mode where if your unit dies, at the end of the map, they'll still be alive. Hmm. Yeah, but they Which... disappear for the rest of that. That round that battle that, yeah that mm-hmm. map yeah which okay. is an important consequence because when they come back from phoenix mode they come back with like full health and everything <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh that's it's broken it, that yeah, is no yeah. consequences to it casual mode is already easy enough like i we were grateful when they added that to the fire on the series through like awakening and the one on the ds before that i don't remember the one that japan only got but yeah casual mode was it was meant to help the casuals that's like me. Filthy casual. I'll lay it all Constantly reload to make sure their unit survive. Yeah. I love Fire Emblem for the, the setting, the story, and the characters. I'm really bad at the strategy element. So I, I, I'm pretty sure, now that I think about it, I don't think <coughs> I, I used Phoenix Mode in a, a whatever version I had. Uh, because, yeah, that, that really does seem like... Uh, it, like there's like there's no point. Like you're already not really losing anyone, so like you don't have to worry about the story consequences. But then for the the next turn, it's just like oh okay. You can right. basically just breeze through the map with no issue. Like at that point, mm. why not just add like a visual novel mode that, that <laughs> takes right. out the the combat? Yeah, right. and that that's an example. Like it fundamentally changes the gameplay. I mean, when I generally like playing on easier modes, like I still want the sense of you know the type of gameplay that you're going through, uh, yeah. all the different you mechanics want, that are at work. 
experience, not like... Yeah. And, it's taking that sense of accomplishment away from you. Yeah, mm. and a game that I, I was thinking about that really does difficulty switches well are some of the more recent Tales games, like Berseria, mm. uh, mm. for instance. I was playing that recently, and uh, you can switch the difficulty at any point in time between like e like mm. the easiest and the hardest. But with the hardest, while the battles are definitely more difficult, you get better rewards for doing it. Like, ah, see, I like that. Yeah, like you get better items from battles and all and stuff like that. I really like that because it it incentivizes you to become more proficient at the game. Yeah, right. So I mean, yeah. for Persona Five coming up, I know you're a big Persona Five fan. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. Like, what what kind of difficulty do you normally go with those games? Because for Persona Four, I mean, as, I love that game, probably one of my favorites of all time, but. Uh, the dungeons are notoriously just brutal. Like you make so much progress, and then you come across one enemy, and you're screwed. Like you're you're losing yeah, all that save progress. So yeah, the Shin Megami Tensei games are ruthless with their difficulties. Mm. So for a f- first playthrough, I'm probably going to go on like the easiest difficulty just to you know go through the game, yeah. experience it at my own pace. Then you know on subsequent playthroughs, I'll amp up the difficulty a bit. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, there's no shame in going like a beginner difficulty, uh, especially because, if it's your first Persona. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, because with Persona, it's like, well, difficulty affects not only the battle difficulty, but how much experience and money you gain. And that's just like, yeah. at this point, I'm not really playing it for, you know, to experience it. I'm playing just grinding out money and stuff and spending longer in these dungeons just for that. Right. Yeah. See, whilst I lose you to Persona 5 when that comes out in about a week or so's time, I probably should be... Okay, I have so many it's games to play. It's almost a week, holy shit. I have so many games <laughs> to play. <laughs> Ten more days until you can just play that to your heart's content. And I'm just hoping GameStop will open up on... Just let it loose on the night before. They did that with a bunch of games lately. Like They mm. said, yeah, come in at like 8 or 9 o'clock before we close, and we'll just sell it to you. No problem. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I got the collector's edition coming in through Amazon. Oh, so. uh, yeah, I do yeah. too. Yeah, I should really actually play through some of the previous Persona games because you play them, your brother plays them, and I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of fun stuff by not playing the Persona games. I think you'd really enjoy them. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, I, they, if I had to say at least play four, since it's the most yeah. recent no, like and most Peter, you, like you modern Vita, sensibilities. Right? Peter, you got a Vita, right? You can. Uh, yeah, we got PlayStation TV. That's the best yeah, way the to TV. play it. Yeah. Yeah. So play, have her play Golden. <laughs> <laughs> Golden uh, is probably the definitive experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, I, I should probably. I the my extent of my knowledge for Persona 4 comes from the uh, Hi, I'm Daisy comic dubs. <laughs> <laughs> of all things. Probably so. one of the best things created on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying. You can't cook? You won't get naked? What are you even good for? Well, uh, she's got a point. So <laughs> she, uh, um, she has a great comic now, too. Uh, that's right. Cucumber yeah. Quest. Yes. Oh, man, that is such a good comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Are there any games that you think that you would like to see have an easy mode? Uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I, like it's like the Dark Souls experience again. You have to get yeah, good. Yeah, garbage. So <laughs> <laughs> I think Breath of the Wild is really well balanced at once you get the hang of it. But I totally I could see enough. someone. 
Like yeah, I don't own the Switch. I play on my cousin's me. Switch whenever she comes over, and that means uh, I get like two hours of playtime. Yeah, every it, time it, that's it, like after a span of a few days, so I've already lost control of how I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> and the last really... time she forgot to even bring the actual like controller dock thing, so I had to have uh, both Joy Cons <laughs> in two separate hands, and I'm just like yeah. trying to aim. Well, that's like splay out on the couch style there. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think Nintendo actually does does that kind of well. Uh, maybe not as overt as like the super guides have been, mm-hmm. but or I don't know. They do really good writing those tips on the the, the loading yeah, screens too. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that good point. You, that taught me so many things. I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> was it the uh, yeah the super guides. That's I totally forgot about that. But yeah, that was that was quite the thing when they came out with that and. I think we yeah. used that a couple times in uh, Donkey Kong Country and, Tropical Freeze because that was oh, yeah. a difficult game. Yeah. It was, and for, for the yeah. for the most part, uh, they were a hundred percent ignorable too. Like I think they put them in. Um, was it Skyward Sword had a few, and I don't think I ever even visited the guy that gives them to you. Mm. Mm. Skyward Sword could have used a couple during some of the. Uh, <laughs> the silent guardian realm <laughs> that is oh, a yeah. game i missed out on yeah i'm i'm not gonna pretend those were fun <laughs> they were <laughs> unbearable but having to do them again from the beginning when you mess up was just that was bad so stressful so so stressful mm-hmm. but you yeah, know I, I like the soundtrack the, goes with that I mean, that was amazing i've never been any 3d zelda game so oh, I'm probably oh, wow. definitely really? not gonna. Be, I'm horrible because I am kind of like a completionist, where I want to get all the collectibles and all that stuff before I beat a that'll, game. Mm-hmm. That'll eat up your life, that's for sure. And yeah. with this game, and it's 900 cross seeds, 120 shrines. I'm just like, Ugh. oh my days! I'm, I'm gonna be playing this till the end of time. And how many towers are there? Oh, there's only like 12, 13, something. Yeah, one for like every that. engine. Yeah. For you I, open up the whole map. I accidentally came across a tower which was surrounded by guardians at one point. Yep. While oh, still yeah. only having three hearts. Yeah. I still managed to make it to the top. <laughs> nice. I managed to make it and I was dodging like a good one. There are, there are a couple tricky ones <laughs> near the end. Like you have to, one, like you have to knock over a tower to kind of create a ramp up to it. Mm-hmm. And then another, yep, yep. you have to, you know, get up to a high point and then glide over to it to kind of catch it midway so like there are a couple that are tricky you have to burn uh thorn bushes around one of them mm-hmm. yeah yeah those are some really great moments when you uh you figure something out and you're not 100 percent sure if that was the way they intended but then you're like who cares i did it yeah. <laughs> exactly it's like i don't want to do it this way i want to do it another way and if you can do it that other way then you still feel good mm-hmm. yep yeah so zero ronma people can find you on the internet at that twitter yes. account anything else you'd yeah, like to plug yes. You know, no, not really. You know, if you want to find me, just look up at Zero Ranma anywhere. Odds are it's me. There you I go. think I have like a monopoly on that name now. <laughs> that's that's the key on today's good, uh, internet. Good SEO. Good there SEO. You go. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much for calling in. Really appreciate the time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here. All right, everyone. Thanks for calling in. When we come back, we'll talk with Jeremy about his top five favorite games of all time, which titles have shaped his gaming experience. You won't want to miss it when we come back here on The Power Switch.
Welcome back to the Power Switch. We've got Jeremy Baker here. Thank you so much for joining us so far, Jeremy. It's, it's really oh, been a delight. But I really would like to hear about your favorite games of all time. I asked you to come up with a list of five. I know it's a difficult process to do, but what are some of the games that have shaped your experience over, over time? Okay, so I, I, I love games. I love my experiences with games. So it's almost like it's such a cliche to say, oh, it's like picking a favorite child. But <laughs> I think I could narrow down, if I could narrow it down to games that like shaped like my my tastes to this day um in no particular order uh super mario world um that's a game that almost all of these are games that i will take time out of uh usually uh every year and sit down and just replay them a hundred percent and super mario world was probably my first exposure to something that wasn't just a get from point A to point B in a set time period. Super Mario World was so open and had like so many different choices and expanded upon like everything that Mario 3 did in a uh, in a really great way. And I, I think that game holds up from just in just about every aspect, design and sound, uh, like to this day, like Super Mario World is super, super good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an all-time um, classic, yeah. Staying in kind of the same... Uh, the same wheelhouse uh mario 64 um is another one that uh you know i i grew up with a lot of nintendo and sega stuff and so mario 64 was my first like 3d game and like mario like mario world uh was to like the original super mario it just opened up a whole new dimension of okay, I'm controlling this character in these spaces and I see something to go do over there and I'm not on rails and I you have a vague goal to accomplish, but, oh, I grabbed the star out of order and um, stuff like that. And that made playing games like uh, Ocarina of Time or even you know later 3D games on the Dreamcast and the GameCube, like it, it prepared me and opened me up to like just that concept of this is what a 3D like platforming action game is. And um, yeah, I still love going back to, to Mario 64, sometimes just to run around because you have so much control over like all of Mario's goofy little acrobatics. Yeah, I uh, I find myself going back to that game now and then too, and just sort of like maybe doing the first few worlds, and then after the first few worlds, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> you did a you did a what was it, like a fifty heart or not fifty a fifty, 50 star hearts. yeah fifty star run. You can tell how much experience yep. I have with that game. There you go. Yeah, I did a <laughs> yep. fifty star run just because you know if you want to do the official way, you get seventy stars. So you can go through Bowser's Last Door. And I finally learned how to do the jumping, like, what is it, the backwards long jump up the yeah, stairs. Yeah, yeah. That's another great thing about Mario 64 and World is there is such a, like, to this day, such an active, like, speed running and, like, tool-assisted running and modding community on those. And even if you're not super interested in that stuff, sometimes it's great just to look up like uh, awesome games done quick or stuff like that to see yeah, that yeah. decades later people are still finding new ways to break these games apart um, and that's why I like those a special mention to uh, not officially on the list but Mario Galaxy for sure um, for having a lot of that same feeling of you know this is such a new different thing 
in the same light as Mario 64. I hope yeah. uh, Mario Odyssey continues that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Galaxy was my first 3D Mario. I what a yeah. what a one to start with. Really? But, yeah, yeah, that was that's that's a well, great thing is, game. Me and you grew up very differently. It sounds like uh, Jeremy here has actually grown up similar to me, where we had access to consoles at least. Mm-hmm. growing up so you know my first experience was on the master system the sega master system you know things yeah, like Sonic yeah. the hedgehog alex kid donald duck's lucky dime caper which no one else <laughs> has ever played i want someone I think, to come um, up to me about that game yeah i think my parents actually found me an nes uh when i was three years old found wow. it at a garage sale mm. and like this is when nes's were still being manufactured wow um and yeah, so so Mario Brothers was my first game when I was like three and a half, I think. Wow. But nice. uh, I also grew up um, uh, with uh, a Sega Genesis. Um, so I'm well. I mean, we've already talked about that before, but of course, I <laughs> I like me some Sonic games. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's it's really hard to choose between um, between the classic Sonic games, but I think Sonic Sonic Three and Knuckles is my big favorite yeah. so yeah that was definitely a good game yeah and it's it's almost cheating because sonic 3 and knuckles is like one huge game and you had the lock on and uh but i like i like sonic 2 a lot as well um i i think i enjoy the uh the design and a weird thing to say but like the environmental storytelling of sonic 3 and knuckles in addition to the you know the level design and the the physics and all the other characters itself um i remember that was one of the few times i played these these games that you know the story was usually either told in like a text crawl or like very very basic uh frozen screenshots and like when sonic and tails swoop down on angel island and knuckles Mm -hmm. knocks the chaos emeralds out of him that like told a story to me (laughs) that was uh uh you know was was interesting to follow i was actually going to ask you what your opinion on sonic spinball was i think i may have rented spinball for my my uh genesis my mega drive and Uh I I couldn't get into it. I think oh. I played it more. Um, I think I played it more when uh, it was on the Sonic Mega Collection. Mm-hmm. I I totally get why people really like it. I think at the time I was like, okay, this has Sonic on it, but it's not anything like Sonic. Like, yeah, no, I get what I you mean there. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I don't dislike it. I just I've never beat it. I've seen people beat it. I'm like, that's crazy. I beat I it once. Going, I remember spending like an hour on the first level and getting the the chaos emeralds and yeah. making it to the second level and being like, oh my god, I can't do this. Yeah, everything I like changed. The, I did. I even to this day, I like all the weird like um, Saturday morning Sonic references for like. No <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much my experience too. With you know, only getting so far because it was on Mega Collection on GameCube, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's something. I, I, it's okay. I experienced it back in the day on my Mega Drive. There you go. That's yep. what we called a Genesis, as yep. you you know, as you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think again, staying within the Sonic wheelhouse, I think my favorite modern Sonic game is still Sonic Colors. Uh, I I don't know what it was specifically about that game, other than it kind of ushered in a. Uh, you know, you had you had the similar level design in Sonic Unleashed, but something about uh, Sonic Colors' just whole design aesthetic with the uh, the really bright uh, primary shiny neon and like uh, kind of ushered in the uh, 
kind of the more lighthearted, like, oh, Sonic actually has a personality and cracks jokes and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I... I love Generations as well, but I think um, some of the, uh, the the 2D classic Sonic sections kind of not fall flat, but just kind of take away from the whole experience. And I think Sonic Colors uh, kept uh, kept that in check. So that one has a real special place in my heart. Sonic um, Colors is super fun. Yeah, really good it, memories it, with that. And uh, it, I think that was like the first game where it's like, yeah, this is a 3D Sonic where like it's it's actually legit good. Yeah, and it, it it feels like it knows what it wanted to do from start to finish. Like even all the extra little missions and all the collectibles, and nothing really felt like okay. Well, they threw this in to to make the game longer, and really great music. Um, oh gosh, I love yeah. that. I I love that announcer. <laughs> Good, great, awesome, fantastic. Yes, I love yes, that guy yes. so much. And Planet Wisp is like the standout track. I feel yep, like definitely. I'm the odd one out over here because I enjoyed games like Sonic Heroes. So Sonic Heroes. Yes, that you, one. You won't, you won't catch me saying I don't and love those games because I do. I do feel like that looking back on them now that it's hard not to see the, the, the bumps in the paint as far as like, yeah, these games are okay and fun, but there's also stuff that's like, you know, kind of messed up about them, like camera or like fidgety controls. I mean, you're talking to a guy who completed like every uh, story route in Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh gosh, <laughs> I feel but, sorry um, for you. Yeah, I, it's very pitiable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sonic Colors stands out to me among like the modern types. Uh, modern type of Sonic games is, is being a favorite. Um, and finally, uh, I had to narrow it down because I love the whole series, but I think uh, Zelda uh, Wind Waker is um, one of my favorite games of all time. Nice. Just because I remember um, being young and uh, I remember renting a copy of Ocarina of Time on the N64 and having no idea what it was. Uh, didn't had never played Zelda on Super Nintendo, had only heard about it. And I was just like, okay, this isn't like Mario 64. I'm confused. And, um, <laughs> when, I, when I saw the first uh, few videos of Wind Waker, uh, I guess probably at E3 or God, I was probably back on um, uh, game trailers or, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And I was like, okay, this looks like the kind of thing I'd love. So I think it was actually the first game I pre-ordered with my own money and got the uh, the bonus disc that had Ocarina of Time. So yeah, I, I played right. played through that in preparation for Wind Waker. And I just fell in love with, with not only the style uh, and the dungeons of Wind Waker, but that group of islands and that cast of characters like stands out so much um i think because of the art style because of the the writing and it's actually one of the few games that like dares to give link a personality outside of you know oh he's the reincarnated hero like mm -hmm. lincoln in the beginning of the wind waker is like this lazy kid who like can barely get <laughs> out of bed on his own birthday yeah and then you know, his sister gets kidnapped and he just, he switches into, okay, I'm going to rescue her. That's all I care about. And even after meeting this talking boat and these pirates and getting, you know, thrown out of a tower by Ganon, he's like, yeah, but I'm going to save my sister. And finally, like, it's, it's like a coming of age story in the best possible way of, 
by the end of it, he he accepts this responsibility of uh, being the hero, and uh, it's the 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 very end with the uh, the king of Hyrule and Ganon uh, basically having this conversation of. You know, we're the old men of this era, and we've ruined the future for our children. Hmm. Let's yeah. gi- let's give it up, and hopefully, give them a chance to, uh, you know, e- explore the world out of the ruins that we've created. Some yeah. interesting and, parallels um, there. Yeah, and Gannon's like, screw you guys, I want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, Wind Waker. Uh, Wind Waker is probably one of the most influential games I ever played. Like, I mm-hmm. think that opened me up to being willing to try more, like, uh, JRPGs and um, even games like Dark Souls, which also gets a special mention. I, I love the Dark Souls series so much, even mm-hmm. though I've, uh, I've I very recently played through all of them. But what a what another great, like, challenging series that, that asks you to do things that, even if you've been playing games your whole life, like that challenge you to think about it a different way. Okay, can but I mention I, one thing though with Dark Souls? Dark Souls go for it. Prepare to Die Edition, the Capra Demon? Screw that guy and the place oh, that he lives man. in. It's so satisfying to beat that guy and it then is. come down to the the demon ruins where they're just regular enemies and just wipe the floor with them. I know, and <laughs> the ga- like, gaping dragon was easy as heck once you learn oh, that yeah. moveset. You, you go down there and you're like, yeah, you don't have your little puppy friends now in your, your tiny fighting arena. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that place. It was like, you know what? He would have been easy without the dogs and the tiny, tiny little confined room yep. he was in. It's also one of those, it's like, okay, if you dare to fight this guy, you get an item that lets you access an area a little earlier. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it rewards that daring. I thought you had Um, to fight him. I think you might eventually, um, but it's it's one of those things where you can access the area like right away if you know what you're looking for. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I like about those games. It rewards your, uh, it rewards your patience and strategy. And daring. um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it asks you to to throw yourself into stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. We are being hosted on Twitch here at SAS underscore Factory where you can find Rachel to not only you know broadcast the show but also to stream games. Yep. And uh, you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the Power Switch on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. If you could leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community. In these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Uh, any YouTube videos to watch? Uh, one that caught my eye lately was uh, Team Four Star with their Cell Games, Cell Versus series, particularly the Cell Versus Ash Ketchum uh, <laughs> episode. They have a couple variations. One was with the the Pokemon Bridged, the uh, Elite Three uh, guys, Love those with, guys. With, the, with the Ash gonna be with this kind of voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but also they had you know their their team four star casting and uh, Grant who some may know as Master WGS did a pretty almost eerily spot on Brock for most of it it's, it's really it's really impressive did he have so. a drawing pen he, not not a drawing <laughs> pen he should have though uh, but yeah they just also had their new episode out for episode fifty seven with a little more Hercule uh, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's a cat. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're all over the place. Oh, Any uh, YouTube videos you guys recommend putting out there for people to watch this week? Um, I would recommend actually something from Jenna Marbles, which is uh, she tried dog treats with her dogs um, a while ago. <laughs> And it was amusing to watch, and it still is. And I think she's kind of funny. She's a little bit of, like, I, I sort of take from her how I talk on video. So, yeah, that's what I do. She does, uh, she had a video just recently with uh, reading mean tweets about her dogs. Oh, I don't know great. if you saw that one. That one's really good, too. Mm-hmm. Anything from you, Jeremy? Um, I actually did uh, just see uh, an artist I follow. Um, he did a cover of one of the songs featured in Night of the Woods, and that's Andrew Stein. Um, he's YouTube is Mando Pony. Um, oh, yeah. he, he does a, uh, uh, yeah, he does like a, a range from the ground up cover of one of the songs in night in the woods and gives it vocals and it's, it's really good. Like he, he has a, he has a cool acoustic style and it blends really well with, uh, with that game. So yeah, check that out. Very nice. Yeah, Mando Pony does good stuff, for sure. I had one more oh, recommendation, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah? Video Game Donkey's Breath of the Wild <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is yeah. fantastic. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, man. I need to look that up. Yes, you do. Thanks. It's brilliant. It's the uh, one where the... Uh, he kills himself the log. Oh, well, that. I was thinking where the, the moblin attacking the cuckoos, and the cuckoos go after him. Like That's, oh, the, that's yes. the video where that gift comes from. Oh, man. It's so yeah. good. Super, Watch super that. good. I, I, rem- I remember my buddy Jake, when he was over here, showed me some of Dunky stuff. Like the, um, <laughs> oh, what was it? One of the zombie games where he screams at the person to take off their pants. That's, <laughs> that, 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 that's a good watch. He's, he's a funny guy. He does he good, good Dark Souls stuff, too. Yeah, He's good. Yep. <laughs> but as far as you go, Jeremy, first, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, always a delight to talk to you, for sure. Um, oh, absolutely. Anytime. I miss you. Does. Yeah, we definitely miss you. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Plug plug away. <laughs> well, if you want to follow my Twitter, which has uh, become a weird stream of consciousness, it's at uh, GameBuddy. And I've also got uh, in my Twitter lots of links to uh, uh, my projects and stuff I follow there. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the main one. I use Twitter, and uh, if you can track down my Tumblr, you can find it. But um yeah, you're going to have to do some work with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, check out Sonic F series on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Still alive. In fact, um, oh, he might. Yeah, I'm sure he won't mind. We're actually having a writer's meeting uh, this week about where uh, we're going to plot out some new episodes for that. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and we'll have to get Luke on the show for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Great. yeah. We, yes, on the show and in our house and in the basement with the drinks. <laughs> get them all drunk. <laughs> oh, get them drunk and get them on the channel. Oh, yes. Get sure. secrets. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to try to keep doing weekly episodes here on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. That seems to work pretty nicely. Uh, also, if any game news comes up during the week, we'll try to have an episode then to kind of give a uh, sort of forum for people to discuss openly and react uh, quickly about the news. Uh, So stay tuned to our Discord and our Twitter as that develops. Regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. And I'm Rachel Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.